There's a change happening in the way we live, the way we work, the way we spend our money and make our decisions. We are evolving to be more conscious in our actions in a way that serves the world and makes it a better place. Welcome to The Ethical Evolution. The Ethical Evolution podcast is brought to you by The Ethical Change Agency. I'm Bindi, CEO and founder, and I am honoured to bring you the stories of those who create change through paying it forward and giving back. Ethical business owners and holistic healers who are determined to create collective change in the world. Once we have a change in consciousness and through collective change, we can become one. I found my next guest in a Facebook conversation where he asked if anyone wanted to talk to a former detective and SWAT team breacher on a podcast. I leapt at the chance thinking of all the possible stories he could share from his days on the force. The conversation we had was far different than I had expected, full of laughter and powerful messages about emotions and how to be a better human. Justin Atherton is a former detective and SWAT team breacher who now helps men to achieve peak performance and regain their edge and excel in all areas of life, mentally, emotionally, and physically. Basically, he helps to unchain the confidence locked inside. After chatting with Justin, I realised we had so much in common and there was no coincidence in us meeting and I hope your day is richer for listening to our conversation. Welcome, Justin, to the Ethical Evolution. Thank you. I, I'm so glad to be here, and I'm glad to be able to share my story with your audience. And uh, we're so glad to have you. Now, can you tell us who you are and your background and what you do? Sure. So my name is Justin Atherton, and I've been in law enforcement for over 14 years. I've done everything from being on the SWAT team, being a detective, a training officer, supervisor, so I've run the gambit of uh, different things you can do within law enforcement uh, career. Um, one thing that, that I found in my career that was a big passion for me was the training aspect. And that's what led me to you know, create my business where I coach people one-on-one and, uh, and work with, with people to help them become the, the best version of themselves. Awesome. And, you know, uh, we were just talking off air. I was super excited because you'd been in SWAT and I, you know, there's a million questions come to mind when, when you sure. say that. And, um, and no doubt um, you, you probably hear this all the time. <laughs> but, I mean, for us, it's, it's what we see in movies and TV. Is it really like that? No. You know, it's, it's really not. In, in my girlfriend really hates watching, like, uh, police movies or shows with me because I critique it so (laughs) much yeah and the the tactics are so bad like in certain shows where they send the the detectives in first before the SWAT team it's like no 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 No. that's not how that works (laughs) (laughs) so a lot of it's unrealistic what they do show on on tv there's there's been a handful of movies or shows that that they get it right from occasion and you could tell that they do have someone behind the scenes mm. that's like, hey, this is how it actually happens. So so don't don't believe everything you see on, on TV. <laughs> and and what led you to to get into particularly SWAT? 
Well, um, yeah, I, there's always been a passion to, to do more, to do, do better things or be part of an elite group uh, of people. And so I think that was the motivation. Like once I got into policing, I was like, what else can I do? Like, man, I can be on the SWAT team. You know, those are the like elite guys within the department. It's like, how do I become part of that? It's, you know, not only, you know, physical fitness, but, uh, mental uh, ability to do the job and to constantly perform at a high level. So it's almost a way to test yourself mm. to be part of that elite group. Yeah, because you, you have to be a pretty special human to, to get in there and do that stuff, don't you? Like, um, you know, physically it's quite demanding, but also mentally the stuff that you would see or be confronted with on a daily basis would potentially stick with you if you didn't manage it right. It it does stick with you, and, and some of the things that you see, it's it becomes difficult for you know a, a lot of men out there to be able to process those things, and 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 that's one of the things that I've discovered is um, almost like a secret weapon mm. is being able to process those emotions and understand you know the emotions that come up and how we don't necessarily have a lot of control about the emotions that come up during certain situations. It's all about the control that we have is how we react mm. when those emotions come up. Do we react or do we respond? Cause there, there's a difference there. And um, the people that can really function on that high emotional intelligence level um, are able to sustain that level of per- performance for a longer time without turning to alcohol or drugs or some Mm. other form of, you know, uh, distraction to be able to deal with all of those emotions that come up over time. And if you look back on your career, what would you say was a a defining moment for you? Hmm. I mean, there's been a few. Um, I would say a defining moment for me really was at at one point I – I lost my job because I was accused of insubordination. So it was a strictly admin issue. Mm. But what I discovered during that period of time was that I had a lot of my identity wrapped up in the job, in the career. And so when you are forcibly removed from that Mm. and your identity is ripped from you, you start to question a lot of things like, who am I? Mm. Like, what what else do I have to offer? Like, what can I do? And I think that, that that happens to a lot of people out there because think about how we introduce ourselves for the most part. It's like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a lawyer. I'm yeah. a doctor. So the first thing that we tell each other, that's our identity. How many people say, well, well I'm a father. I'm a, I'm a mother or talk about their their beliefs. Like your job is not who you are. Exactly. So that was a huge struggle that I had to deal with and realize, wait a minute, my identity has nothing to do with my job choices and look at the skill set that I've built over the last, you know, decade, I can do whatever the heck I want. Mm. Mm. So I think that was the most defining moment for me in my career. And I guess, you know, there'd be so many lessons that have, um, you've taken away from your years in the force as well. Um, What's probably the biggest one that you could share with the listeners? The biggest takeaway, I would say it came when I started teaching um, classes on, on interview skills and leadership skills, because 
one of the big things that we really focus on is emotional intelligence mm. and focusing on that. Like people don't think that interview skills is about emotions. Mm. They think it's like, how do I outsmart the person? It's like mental chess, right? To a point it is, but it's also about managing your own emotions. Mm. So you can manage someone else's emotions and build that rapport with them and, and have that empathy for the other person that you're talking to so I would say that was one of the biggest realizations that I've come to. And it's a hard pill to swallow, mm. you know, especially in a, in a career that's a majority men. Because when I walk into a room of police officers and I say, hey, hey, guys, today we're going to talk about emotions. They look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> They're like, hey, buddy, you're in the wrong room. We don't talk about emotions in here. Why are you bringing this up? And it takes a couple days for them to really get around to going like, oh, wait, oh, this is a skill set. There's science mm. behind this. It's not, you know, we're going to sit here, hold hands, sing kumbaya and hug trees all afternoon. So that is one of the biggest things to, to push out to everybody because really these emotional skills transcend and not just your job it's every communication that you have with everyone it's going to affect you and your spouse your kids the interactions you have with someone at the gas station the grocery store so it's it's a universal skill that everyone can learn and develop to being better in that area it's not that you just have it or don't have it yeah and it's um, you would probably see this as well that that men it's something that they don't really want to talk about or be in touch with yeah. um it's just something that they they reckon they've got it locked down and let's just not talk about it <laughs> i i remember i remember believing that too i remember thinking um that if i ever let an emotion slip out mm. that i messed up mm. I'm like, if I ever felt sad or angry or worried, and I was like, dang it, I let it slip out. Mm. So I, I had that, that misunderstanding about how emotions worked. I thought you could keep a lid on it. And if you just held that lid down tight enough, they would never come out. That was so far from the truth that I, I laugh at how I used to believe that. But because there's so much science behind emotions. Like mm. we can't stop the emotions from happening. Mm. They are involuntary responses to our environment. And it's based on the context of what we're dealing with in the moment. And, and then also understanding that there's differences between emotions and feelings. Mm. So there's so much science that goes behind it that I, that I love. And I think men gravitate to that a lot. It's like, well, where's the facts? Where's the science <laughs> yeah. behind it? Because you know, women can deal with the emotions because they're like, because that's, what they do that's they've grown up and it's okay to have emotions because men and women are told about emotions a little bit differently. Mm. Men are told you should never have emotions. Women are told you have too many emotions. So on both sides of the spectrum, we're being told that emotions are bad. <laughs> and it's like, how do we, how do we meet in the middle and, and get a clear understanding of what's really going on with us? Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Like it's, we've been indoctrinated in a way that we're supposed to behave in a certain way, but yeah. when we actually ripple that away and and get in touch with who we are and and our emotions and our feelings, oh gosh, we're human. You know, yeah. <laughs> we're all human. <laughs> exactly. Now, uh, with the work that you do now, so you're you're doing coaching, particularly with men, is it? Yes, I, I have taken on uh, women clients before, but my style of coaching 
uh, tends to gravitate more towards men. I'm, I'm very blunt and um, not much of a filter going on. <laughs> and so I noticed when I did work with, with, with female clients, I was having to kind of pull my punches a little bit. And so rather than having to spend the rest of a session kind of recovering from something like that, I'm like, well, I want to work with people that they can, you know, take a you know, punch emotionally, mentally type, type of idea. And, and I still have some women reached out to me and be like, they're like, no, I, I want, I need yeah. that. I want that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's less coaching, more consulting the word coach. I, I don't, mm. I don't like that. Yeah. I don't, it, it's, it's a soft pitch and it's like, what does that really mean? You know? So, so the term that I, I use for myself is a peak performance consultant. Mm. I'm here to give you advice and tools and techniques on how to perform better in your life in every aspect. Because I focus on, on three main areas, mm-hmm. which is mental toughness, emotional fortitude, and health awareness. And so those three key areas really lean on each other. And you can't really say that one is more important than the other. And we all seem to develop one as a strength and we may have a second one that comes along if if you have done some self-work so there's a third one that's just very underdeveloped mm. you know and and it, it, it's different for every person so it, it's interesting to see those combinations in everyone and it's great that you take that holistic approach you know um you know it's like i guess three three legs on a stool if you think of it that way that you know without that that solid grounding you you're just not going to come together um yeah and support in all areas yeah and so you know with the work that you've done with with guys um what kind of results have you seen pretty fast results that that's that's the the coolest thing for me to see because you know working with with people like really one-on-one makes a huge difference probably the favorite story that that i have to share is there was a guy that came to me. He's a business owner and he was wanting to be more confident at work. He felt like his employees were kind of running over him. He's like, I want to be able to be a better leader, have better leadership skills. I want to be able to communicate with, with my people better. And so we started putting into work some of these skills and techniques, the emotional intelligence, the the content analysis and, and, and some other ideas well, he came back a couple of weeks later and he's like, I got to tell you this story. And he says, I was cooking breakfast for my family on the weekend and I hit my head on the, the vent above the stove. Mm. And he said, he hit it really hard. And he's like, oh, it freaking hurt. <laughs> he's like, normally, he's like, I would throw a fit. I would toss the pan across the kitchen. I, I just blow up. And so when he hit his head, he looked over at his family, his wife and his daughters, and, and they were bracing for the storm. Mm. They were like, oh, dad's about to go off, right? He, he looked at them. He said he walked over to the wall, pretended to punch the wall, and then went back to cooking. Mm. And that was it. He said his wife came over and was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> What's going on here? And he's like, you know, I'm, I'm done pretending. All that stuff that I used to do, that was just, that was just pretending, me putting on a show. Mm. He's like, I'm done with that stuff. I've, I've learned some different techniques. And he's like, I'm done with that. And he says, his wife gave him a hug. His daughters came over. 
And he's from that day forward, he said his wife was like, hey, when are you going to call Justin again? You, you need to get on another <laughs> call with Justin. I, I like what's happening here. Mm-hmm. So I, so his wife was more on board for the phone calls than, than he was. So I, that's that's my favorite story to share because it it shows how these tools and these skills transcend every aspect of your life. And because he was so focused on the business aspect, he didn't realize what was really broken. Mm. And it was his home life, his relationship with his wife and his daughters. And to be able to fix that, I think that's a lot more valuable than, than fixing, you know, your, even your leadership skills at work. Absolutely. And, and also I, I think it's a beautiful thing that, you know, through the results that guys are getting with you is a ripple effect to the family, to the partners in relationships and, and also to their work. So Absolutely. They, they really just got to pay it forward. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so in the work that you do now and also looking back on your work in the force, what would you say has been your biggest challenge that you've had to face and how did you overcome it? Uh, the biggest challenge, I think it would come back to the identity mm. piece there about like really struggling to find that and find myself in, in that time period where I, I was removed from the career. Uh, it was only six months, but it was a, it was a tough, Intense, it was yeah. a tough six months to, to push through. And in that discovery piece was really, it was really powerful, but I think through that process and, in exposing myself to new information mm. and implementing that information because, you know, people say knowledge is power. Well, you don't have power if you're not implementing the knowledge that you have. Exactly. So it, you, you could say you read 30 books a month. Okay, great. What are you doing with that information? Mm. Are you putting it into effect? So it's about, yes, you need to expose yourself to new information every day. We should be learning something new every day. But you should also be implementing what you're learning. Because if you're not taking action on the new knowledge that you've gained, don't move on to the next book until you start doing something last book you read. Exactly. So and new information and implement it. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more, Justin, because um, oh, it was just yesterday or the day before, I was just, I'm not sure about you, but, you know, it's a new year and, you know, everybody's trying to forget what 2020 was, but, you know, there's there's this energy, I don't know, already in 2021 that people are really heavily into this hustle and this push and this force and they're, they're all about you know, and there's so much talk, there's so much chatter, there's just, but nobody's doing anything. Like, I'm just like, will you stop talking and start doing? Like, it's driving me a little bit crazy. Um, you know, everybody's got the latest course, the latest book, the latest this, the latest that. Just do something meaningful <laughs> instead of talking about it. <laughs> well, that's a funny thing because that's that's another, you know, key part of, of, of my coaching because – we, we dive into the vocabulary that we use and the it's within content analysis and content analysis was a, a law enforcement tool developed in the 1950s to help determine the, the truthfulness uh, of written and spoken word. Mm. And you can actually flip it on its head and use it as a self-development tool and see the truthfulness of the words that we use. The most prevalent category I've seen is called stop action verbs. 
Now, these words are like trying, started, plan, meant to, I'd want to, I love to. Mm. And we have these conversations with each other on a regular basis that mean absolutely nothing. Mm. Well, hey, I'm, I'm trying to, to eat better. Oh, yeah, <laughs> me too. Well, I, I'm planning on, on going to the gym next week. Oh, yeah, I really, really want to start something like that. We have these conversations. We're talking about nothing. Mm. Like we're talking about things that w- will never happen in I, I like the saying, trying implies failure. Mm. You either do something or you don't do it. Exactly. There is no try. There's no want to. I need to. So it's about changing the words that you use and say, I will do this. I am going to do this. And and for people out there that don't really think that that's a big difference. Oh, it, they're just words. It doesn't, it's not that impactful. Mm. I dare you. Everybody out there listening. I dare you to um, tell your spouse, walk up to them and say, I'll try to be faithful to you <laughs> and see how that lands. Okay? I, I want to be faithful to you. Mm. I plan to be faithful to you. <laughs> how about I'll start being faithful. Now we're getting really Ooh. bad, right? So these words are so important because if, if we can't take a level of uncertainty in that statement, which we need 100% certainty, I will be faithful to you. I am going to be faithful to you. Why do we allow that in other aspects of our life? Mm, yeah, exactly. And you you got to bang on. I mean, imagine standing at the altar getting married and going, oh, I might, I might, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's will, isn't it? You will. Um, And uh, there's actual words that I've eliminated from my vocabulary. vocabulary, That's one. Um, (laughs) Is, you know, the word should, that's gone. That's completely gone. Um, And there's, you know, I'm very conscious of the words that come out of my mouth because the meaning and the energy behind them do have power. And I think we've just, like, we, we get into this autopilot where we don't think about what's coming out of our mouth and what impact it has. It's a, it's a lot of impact and, and it's impact on our subconscious because our subconscious is always listening. Mm. And if we use these words on a regular basis, our subconscious is logging and going, oh, well, he said he's going to try to go to the gym. That means that like we're probably not going to do it and, <laughs> and it's okay if we fail. So our subconscious is always listening to the words that we use and the conversations that we have and logging that. Yeah, I know Jim Quick talks about this. He's like, you, you don't say that you're, oh, I'm bad at remembering names. I'm not good at math. You will create that reality for yourself if, mm. you, if you downplay yourself like that, rather than saying, you know, I'm getting better at remembering people's names. I, I'm working hard at improving my math skills. You know, there's, a, there's a, a switch there that you can turn, but it does take some not some, it takes a lot of self-awareness to be able to turn that on. And, and I still catch myself mm. knowing these tools and teaching these tools. I'll hear it come out of my mouth. I'll be like, yeah, I'm going to try. Mm, no, hang on a minute. Mm. I will do this. Mm. So I still have to catch myself and, and rework that, that neural pathway to create a different reality. So there's no hundred percent, but it's about that self-awareness. Yeah, and I in the coaching I do with my clients, uh, you know, it is really about the stories we tell ourselves. You know, mm. what you tell yourself is what you're going to write, basically. Yeah. Turn the page and tell a different story. Um, so, yeah, I think we've just got to be so conscious about what we're telling ourselves because it'll be a reality pretty soon. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, for sure. <gasps> we have so much in common. Thank God you're here. <laughs> <laughs> now, my next question, um, I'm super keen to hear your answer, you know, with your background in the force. Um, and there's no wrong answer here. Can you define for me what being ethical means to you? So I, I was I was thinking about this because of the name of your show, and I think that ethics really tie in with morality. And so you have to have a good understanding of of what morals are in order to you know have an ethical behavior. And 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 the way that I describe morals is how much harm are you willing to invoke on someone else for your own benefit. Mm. If you are willing to harm someone else for your own benefit, then you have low morals. If you are not willing to harm someone else for your own benefit, then you have higher morals. And and there's a lot of different shades of gray that go in there too in measuring harm versus you know benefit. Um, I, I've had a lot of interesting conversations about morals, but and if you so if you look at it as that. And so behavior that is not harming other people. Like, so if you're acting in an ethical way, you are living your life in a way to benefit others and and not go out of the way to say, I need to take from them to benefit myself. Mm. And what ends up happening, it's almost, it almost turns into karma because if you're out there doing good for everybody and pushing out, um, good information, good content, and you're sharing things with other people and people realize, Oh, he's not trying to take things from me. Like they're they're giving this stuff freely and and giving advice, then it it, it comes back to you in, in other ways. And mm-hmm. so, um, I think that ethical behavior and morals really tie into each other. But there's not a lot of people that really define those for themselves. So I I, I thought that was a great question to ask. Mm. And no doubt you would have seen the, the dark side of of morality <laughs> in your time. <laughs> For sure. There's a lot of people out there that, you know, harm others for their own benefit oh, hell yeah. and they do it repeatedly. Mm. So um, what are your future plans at the moment? What are you, what are you working on with uh, your coaching at the moment? Right now, the biggest thing I'm, I'm working on is my virtual summit. And um, it's, it's been a, a long process putting the work together for this. And it's, it's coming out the end of February, February 25th through the 27th. And I think we have 27, 28 different speakers that are coming together from, from different, different walks of life, you know, whether, and it's kind of focused like on my three key areas. So there's mm-hmm. people in the health area, the people on the emotional side or, or, or mental toughness side. And, and I, I get to pick all of these guys' brains. Like, like it's exciting for me to have these conversations and then be able to share that with everyone else. So right now, that's been my big focus is this virtual summit. And uh, and then after that, it'll it'll go from there. <laughs> that sounds incredible. Um, so if if we want to tap into that, obviously we can do that worldwide being virtual, right? Yes, for sure, 100%. And um, so if we want to find out more about that, where can we go? So the uh, the website for the summit um, is kind of attached to my website. So so my personal website is confidenceunchained.com because mm-hmm. that's the name of my business, Confidence Unchained. The summit page is summit.confidenceunchained.com. Right. So from the 25th of Feb. Yes. All right. I'm going to keep an eye out for that because it sounds super exciting. Uh, I'm going to send it your way. Oh, awesome. Well, we'll share it out um, with the listeners so that they can um, check it out too. So, Awesome. awesome. Um, 
Now, um, are you on socials as well, Justin, um, with um, Confidence and Unchained? Yes. Yeah? Cool. Yeah. Um, I'm on LinkedIn is my main social media that I use. Um, I am also on Facebook and Instagram. Um, so either under Justin Atherton or Confidence Unchained is the best way to get a hold of me. But the, LinkedIn is definitely my main uh, source of social media. Okay, cool. Um, now, I've got the last big question for you, Justin. And um, <laughs> everybody loves this question. It blows their mind. What's the change you'd like to see in the world and how can we bring it to life? So this is always an interesting question because people talk about change and things that need to change, but they never focus on themselves mm. because that's where real change happens. Mm. You know, I think about the, the story I shared with you about my client that, you know, he was looking to have some change within his business. And it was like, once he started making that change on himself, then there was change in the relationships around him. And that, think about that, think about that benefit for his family, his kids, seeing that change in him, for him and his wife. So I believe that true change comes from you working on yourself first, because I can't go and say, I want to change you when I'm broken. Mm. Okay. So you have to work on yourself. And that's how these, these skill sets work. You can't, you can't use them on other people until you really have an understanding of yourself and how your emotions work and how those processes work physiologically in your body and in your responses and reactions. So I believe with that, if we all decided to work on ourselves, especially develop these emotional intelligence skills, because over the last 150 years, our emotional intelligence has declined dramatically. And I can only expect that the research will show that this, that 2020, because of COVID and all of the lockdowns, that it accelerated our decline mm -hmm. in our emotional intelligence skills because we're not interacting with each other. We're not getting this interpersonal uh, relationships built. So Everyone out there needs to work on their own emotional intelligence skills. And once they're able to master that, then they can start passing it on to other people. Because I, I pass it on to my daughter. I teach her these skills mm. because she's going to grow up to be a little badass. And she's <laughs> going to be able to handle anything that comes her way. I wish I had these skills when I was a young man. It would have saved me a lot of heartache. It would have saved me a lot of trouble. So work on yourself. Then you can pass that on to everyone else around you. Listen, Justin, I think you've probably had some cameras installed in my house because what you've just said is something... We're talking the same. <laughs> <laughs> what you just said is something I wrote down yesterday. Um, and oh, wow. and I the words were um, true change... Um, what is it? No. Um, when you make space for your own healing, true change occurs. Mm. And like so, that. you know, for me... I can totally relate to what you just said because the moment I took charge of my own healing and, you know, dealt with all my shit um, was when people around me started to notice and then that ripple just went even further. So my relationships changed, my work changed, my business changed and the world opened up for me. So it all starts with you. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Man, I'll, I'll have that camera removed. Uh, yeah, tomorrow, can you send the SWAT team to come <laughs> clean that up? <laughs> oh, Justin, uh, we were so meant to meet, and I thank you so much for joining me on the Ethical Evolution. 
I appreciate you having me on here and being able to share my story with you and your audience. So thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. Thanks for listening to the Ethical Evolution Podcast. If you're an ethical business owner, change maker or holistic healer who's determined to make a change in the world and you need support to spread your message, visit ethicalchangeagency.com to collaborate. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the Wanna Bet Podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Electric Cast. Electric Cast.